Friends and worship team, great to have uh, just a full worship band and celebrate with you. It's really good to be with you and to begin a new series uh, today with you as we study God's Word. Um, but first, I wanted to take us somewhere else completely. This past week was such a big week for my wife and me. On Monday, we celebrated our 35th anniversary. That was pretty cool. And then, um, thank you. <laughs> that, that applause is for her, believe me. And uh, on Tuesday, our, our son Daniel and his wife Nicole made us grandparents for the very first time. How about that? So that was on Tuesday. This is Blakeland James. Grandma is back there, and uh, also we share the joy with Craig and Andrea Trick, who've been members of this church from the very beginning. They're right there, grandparents for the second time, so congratulations to all of us who are, man, just as, so anyways, for the next 20 minutes, I just want to uh, show you some pictures, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to get into any details or like that, but born to 653, weighs 7.5 five ounces, 20 inches long. I was going to tell you, she's talking and walking right now, um, so pretty impressive, let me just tell you. All right, let's get on to the series. It's called Undaunted. I love this name. Some years ago, I read a book about the adventures of Lewis and Clark. You know, they were commissioned by President Jefferson in 1803 to explore the West. It's written by Stephen Ambrose, one of the best books I've ever read, Undaunted. And uh, the, the definition in the dictionary means this, not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. And they embodied that. Uh, the synonyms for this word, because it's not a word we use very often, are words like courageous, gritty, determined, and daring. Wow. Now, what would it be like if we took these words and somehow made them descriptive of our life of faith, what our life looks like following Jesus, gritty, courageous, daring. We're in luck because the Bible is filled with stories of men and women who were undaunted in their courageous pursuit of God. Imperfect people, but who were undaunted. And we're going to tap into a few of those stories over the next few weeks. Next week, we're going to be looking at a lady by the name in the Old New Testament, by the name of Dorcas. Um, it was just courageous to live with that name, I would imagine. Um, her, her other name was Tabitha, so we'll probably go by that next week. And then after that will be a lady by the name of Deborah, one of the judges in the book of Judges, and then following that will be the life of Gideon, also one of the judges from the Old Testament. Looking forward to that. But today, we're looking at a character by the name of Zacchaeus. Maybe you know the name from the New Testament. He was a short guy who climbed a tree. You think at first glance, there's nothing really too exciting about that. What could be undaunting about that? Until you think about why he was climbing that tree. He was looking for a new path in life, a new start in life in pursuit of Jesus. So... Uh, what we're going to do is pretend for a moment that we're sitting in the theater and we're about ready to watch a drama unfold before us, the, the drama of Zacchaeus. And it's in three acts, act one, two, and three. The third one is the longest of the three. Let's start with act one, and it goes like this. As we look at Zacchaeus, the tax collector, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. People back in those days, maybe you know this, hated tax collectors. I guess they hate them today too. I don't know. 
But uh, they hated tax collectors for a variety of reasons. One is because uh, they were raising taxes for the oppressive uh, government that ruled over them. Rome ruled over Israel, over all the Jews. They hated that. But the Romans, what they did was they would uh, find Jewish people to collect taxes for them. And so these Jewish tax collectors were considered by their countrymen as turncoats, as traitors. Third, these traitors, these turncoats, often skimmed off the top as they collected taxes for Rome. You know, three for Rome, two for me. Two for Rome, one for me. That kind of thing. And then lastly, because they were skimming off the top, they got incredibly wealthy. Well, nobody likes wealthy people who get wealthy by, uh, by dishonest means. So, so who would do that sort of thing? Who would trade uh, probably uh, whatever loving relationships they had? Who would trade that? Who would trade their personal integrity just to become wealthy, just to gain status? I'll tell you who. Zacchaeus. And to make things worse, he was called the chief tax collector, um, he was at the top rung of the ladder in the tax collector world. He was at the bottom rung of the ladder in terms of respect from society. Now, money does funny things to people's hearts. Maybe you know this. You've seen this, I'm sure. Uh, on one hand, um, you can have uh, somebody who has a lot of wealth, a lot of money, a lot of things, and as they start to think about God, eventually... There's no room for God because I got all this stuff. In fact, and I'm going to refer to the previous chapter a few times. In the previous chapters, the story of the rich young ruler, and this is exactly what happened. He went searching for God and then walked away from Jesus because he realized he had no room for God because of all that he had. On the other hand, and I've seen this happen too, Someone can have so much wealth, so much stuff, so many things, they begin to wonder, this is great, all of these material things, but it really doesn't satisfy my soul deep down inside. There is something missing deep down inside, and this is the story of Zacchaeus. And so he goes searching. Act chapter 2, the tree climber. <laughs> He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Um, in those days, by this time in the ministry of Jesus, we're in Luke chapter 19, Jesus became like a rock star. He became like a sports star. He'd be like Paul McCartney walking through a crowd. That's dating myself, I realize that. Uh, or Michael Jordan or LeBron James. That's the middle name of our granddaughter, James. Anyways, I'm off track. Um, but but uh, so many people, many, many people thronged to, to be around Jesus. They, they heard of his stories, they, his healings, his miracles. They just wanted to see him, be here, be near him, touch him. And Zacchaeus was no different. And what I love about this story is that Zacchaeus is out, not out, you know, knocking on doors, trying to make more money. He is out in search of Jesus. Now, Maybe he heard what happened on the way to Jericho. This episode with Zacchaeus happens in Jericho. But on the way to Jericho, and this is at the very end of chapter 18. We're in chapter 19, but at the very end of chapter 18, Jesus spots in the crowd this blind man ends up healing him. Wow. Maybe he would notice me. 
Or perhaps Zacchaeus knows how Jesus has interacted with other tax collectors in the book of Luke. Tax collectors are mentioned six different times. This is one of them. Tax collectors are never mentioned in a good light. They're always referred to as tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> That's the phrase used. I mean, you have sinners and then a separate category for tax collectors. But he also knows how Jesus always treated these tax collectors with grace and love. If only I could get near him. If only I could be seen by him. If only I could touch him. And so... He goes out to see him, but the crowd is too big. He's short. He's short. You know, if a movie was made of Zacchaeus, the, the Hollywood actor I have in mind is Danny DeVito. <laughs> Can you picture that? Now, I'm rather tall, and I've been in settings, parades, different settings where you want to see somebody or see something, and there's somebody short who's behind me. And at times, if I'm aware enough, I'll, I'll say, would you like to just stand here? Because no problem seeing over that person. Um, but that's not going to happen here. <laughs> they know who Zacchaeus is, the chief tax collector. They are doing him no favors today. And so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. He climbs a tree. Maybe you, when you were little, Climb trees. I, I can, in my mind, I can think of a couple trees right now that I loved climbing. A little boy climbing trees. And, and so when I think of this story of Zacchaeus climbing a tree, I think also of what Jesus said in chapter 18, again, the previous chapter. He said, Let the little children come to me. At another point, we are, when we go to, go to God, we are to go to God as a child with childlike faith. And here's Zacchaeus climbing this tree. I feel like a little kid. Who cares? I, I guess I should be embarrassed climbing this tree. Who cares? I just want to do whatever it takes to get near Jesus because I need something New, I need a new start in life. What do we know about human nature? We all know that when we are desperate, when we are at the end of our rope, when there's just no other way, we'll do whatever it takes to find a new path, to find a new road, to get a new start. We'll do anything we can, even climb a tree if we think it will help. And so here's Zacchaeus up in this tree, and I can imagine the crowd seeing the chief tax collector up in the tree by himself. Oh, look at poor little Zacchaeus up there, all by himself, all alone, all isolated in the tree, just what he deserves. But along comes Jesus, who is going to give to Zacchaeus what he does not deserve. And that is the hallmark of true Christianity. It is called grace. Act 3. The transformation. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name Zacchaeus, he said. You just got to stop there and look at this verse for a moment because it's absolutely a beautiful verse. You can only understand the beauty of this verse until we look at who Zacchaeus was and what he was like. He was rotten. He was a bad egg. And yet, 
all that he had done, probably ruined all of his significant relationships, ruined his integrity. And yet here is Jesus who calls him by name Zacchaeus. The, the God of the universe calls him by name. The Savior of the world calls him by name. God in the flesh calls him by name. Now, if we ended the story right here, we could walk away and say, Jesus sure was nice to call him by name. Sure was good of Jesus to call Zacchaeus by name. And many of us have been raised in church to think Jesus is a nice guy. He's a good guy. He was a nice guy. He was a good guy. But he was more than a nice guy, more than a good guy. He was a guy who was all about transformation. And what happens next is mind-blowing. It's, it's scandalous. Look at these words. Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Now, there's a lot there. There's a lot of emotion in those verses. I want to read it again. Quick, come down, Jesus says. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. I love the word grumbled. You know, another word used in Scripture for grumbled is murmur. It, there's a word called onomatopoeia. It's a type of word. It's when the actual word expresses the, the sound itself. Murmur, 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 murmur. They were murmuring. He's, he went to the house of notorious sinner. Murmur, They're all upset. Why are they upset? The emotions are running high because he's taken, to, he's taken Jesus to his very nice house. He built from ripping us off. But Jesus has his, his emotions also quick. Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house. And in his mind, he must be thinking, this is yet just another opportunity to show love and grace and kindness and forgiveness toward a tax collector like you. And in Zacchaeus, he has his own emotions. Jesus is coming to my house. He's going to sit at my table now, when we go to each other's homes and sit at, our t at, at a table, we, we have a, we, that, that's meaningful. But back then, it was super meaningful. It was a, it was a picture of an intimate fellowship. Uh, Pastor J.D. Greer makes this observation. In that day, to go to their house and share a meal was a sign of very intimate fellowship. To eat with someone meant that you were accepting them, that you were committing yourself to a loving relationship with them. What I love about this story is that Jesus does not wait for Zacchaeus to pull his life together. Jesus does not wait for Zacchaeus to get his act together. He says, he says Zacchaeus, we, we belong at the same table together. Now this, friends, is where we separate true Christianity from all the other religions of the world. 
I'm not sure how you were raised or what you were raised to think about other religions of the world, but I can tell you whether you're talking about Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism or Shintoism or all the forms of animism and all of the other isms and homemade religions, they will tell you you need to get your act together first, and then maybe God will accept you and love you and forgive you. That's the foundation of religion. That's the way many people actually think Christianity is like, but that's not true. Christianity is built on the foundation of grace. God loves you, period. He wants you at his table, period. You belong to God. He created, for you. He created you for himself, period. And in this story, we do not hear Zacchaeus, change who you are and how you treat people. Then if you've done enough, maybe I will come to your house and have dinner with you. Rather, it is, I know what you've done, Zacchaeus, you're a bad egg, we both know it, but you don't need to clean yourself up first to be loved by me. I love you, period. That's true Christianity. God loves you, period. He takes you right where you are, period. It's love, grace, forgiveness. I came across this quote, it goes like this. Grace is the experiencing experience of infinite belonging. We belong to God. And I want you to watch what happens now, what happens next when Zacchaeus has a sense that he belongs to the table with Jesus. He belongs to Jesus, that he is loved just as he is. This is what happens. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. If I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. See what happened? Somebody once said, God loves you so much, he will take you just the way you are. But God loves you so much that he will not leave you that way. Zacchaeus, at the start of the story, was a selfish man, status-driven man, all about wealth, at the expense of others. And all of a sudden, we see this man who becomes selfless and generous, giving. What happened? We read it a little while ago. It's a powerful set of words tucked in this story at the very end. Jesus says, salvation has come to this home today. Salvation has come to this home today. What is salvation? Salvation is being rescued from something that you cannot rescue yourself from. Salvation is being rescued from a dark place. Salvation is being rescued from a dark pit and being brought into the light. How did that happen for Zacchaeus? It was simply him recognizing that he is loved for who he is and then believing in Jesus and then becoming a new person. He found his new path. He found his new life. But it started with understanding, I am loved by God. I belong to Jesus. I simply need to believe and then a change happens. It happens all the time. Here at the church, 
We want people to come here, no matter what, no matter what they've done, what they believe. We want them to come and just belong here and know that they are loved by God. And in time, understand who Jesus is and believe in him. And once you believe in Jesus, you can't help it. You will change. You will find the new path, the new road, the new life you're looking for. This um, past, last weekend, my wife and I went down to Columbus where our relationship began 35 years ago and just to celebrate and got to see our daughter who's here. It was really fun. But we, we, we walked on Ohio State campus together and we walked down by the stadium, go Bucks. And we walked through the, uh, we walked through the, it's, it's the Buckeye Tree Grove. And, and there they, they plant a Buckeye tree for every All-American football player. And we saw some names we recognized, but we were looking for one particular plaque and tree. His name is Tom. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. Years ago, he was two-time All-American, one of the best linebackers to ever play the game at Ohio State. We took a picture of me down next to the plaque, and we sent it to him. And then this past Monday, I had a long talk with him on the phone as we just caught up and talked about life and everything. He went on to play professional ball. And, but at some point in his life, this is after his pro ball days, even though he was raised in the church to think Jesus is good, that Jesus is nice, something happened where he began to understand, God really, really wants me. And then he started coming to our church in Akron, and he put his faith, his trust. He believed in Jesus. And then in an undaunted, courageous, gritty way, having lived his life in ways that he doesn't want to talk about, his life began to change. He became the, the husband that God wanted him to be. Became, became the father God wanted him to be. Became a contributor to the community and the church that God wanted him to be. But it all started. I belong to Jesus. I believe. And he becomes. And that's true for all of us. You want a new road in life? You want a new pathway? You want a fresh start? It starts there just knowing you are loved. Doesn't matter what you've done. Believe. And then watch what happens. I'll just leave you with this favorite verse. You've probably heard it before, but it's from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, Jesus speaking. He says this, Behold, I stand at the door. I stand at the door of your life, of your heart, and I knock. And if anyone opens the door of their life, of their heart, I will come into them, and I will eat with them, and they with me. Let's pray together. God, thank you for, um, boy, just the incredible grace that you love us, that you, you want to sit at the same table with us. And you're all about transformation. Would you help us to be the people you've called us to be? Help us to follow you. Thank you. We just give ourselves to you. The grace we need to follow you, God, please help. Thank you. It's good to worship today, the God of transformation. In Christ's name we pray, amen. It's good to worship with you. Um, we're going to... Re uh